Hi, my name is Jamin. And I'm Rebecca. And this is Late, Late to, to the, the Watch, Watch Party. Party. Shh. The movie's starting. Hello, everyone. Here we are, the Truman Show episode, the first official episode with video. You can see us in our glamorous studios here. <laughs> this may be a reveal for some of you that we have not been filming on location. Um, every new person that listens to the podcast talks to me and they go, are you guys not in the same spot? Nope. We're just good at what we do, guys. We're just in different locales. I'm propped back in a weird way, guys, because the only real thing I have to report is that I have been slashed up. (laughs) I had surgery. And I'm still recovering from surgery. I had that hernia repair I was talking about in the last episode. And they really really played it light how how I would be post-surgery. I guess they weren't lying when they said, like, I would recover pretty quick and I could be up and moving around because I am, but they made mm-hmm. it sound like I would be like zero problems. Back and to work. Yeah. Like I yeah. took an extra day off from work. It was a kind of a task getting up the stairs. Who's laughing now about moving the bedroom down to the bottom floor? Having a great time down there, <laughs> but, but I'm right in between doses on the pain meds. And so I'm sitting kind of propped back in my chair with a pillow cushioning my abdomen no have you guys ever been put under general anesthesia though because i do want to just share my experience there real quick i have that it's very weird and i didn't like it but it wasn't as scary as i thought it would be i had a great time with it i the way everyone described it was like you don't dream you just go away and i'm like that's (laughs) (laughs) that's like dying and then like but then people would talk about it like a time skip and i don't feel that that matches up with my experience because i was all freaked out they wheeled me into the room the first thing i said was oh you guys do listen to music in here because i could hear gives you hell playing and the guy was like no we don't and i was like that's not the All-American Rejects I hear right now. And he was like, oh, that's music. And I was like, were we having separate conversations? And then, you know, they kept doing stuff to me. So they put the mask over my face and they were like, don't worry. This is just oxygen. And I was like, I know you're lying. And they were like, no, really, it's just oxygen. And then in my IV, my IVs were in the top of my hands. That was bizarre. Mm-hmm. And my IV, I felt like stuff shoot into it and it like jolted me every time. And I was like, oh God, here it comes. And they were like, no, that's just the pre-meds. And then I started to make like weird jokes where I was like, oh, so I'm in pre-med now. I get a degree. And they were like, no, we would tell you if it was the anesthesia. And I was like, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> and then I don't remember anything else. Suddenly I woke up in recovery and it was not like I skipped time. It was more like I woke up and everything in my life prior was a dream because I don't (laughs) remember falling asleep. And the only time that you go from being totally aware and conscious to then waking up from that state is when you go from a dream to the real world. 
I, and so the fact that that just happened in real life, it was very disorienting. And then suddenly there's <laughs> holes in my body and it's <laughs> madness and I'm in pain now. And I think the first thing I said to the, the nurse, she was like, good morning. And I said, they did lie. I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Betrayed. It hurts to laugh. So this podcast is dangerous. It is not a good feeling. So if you guys see me clutch my like lower half in pain, it's because I'm in pain. Rebecca, how have you been? <laughs> I mean, nothing very like fun or exciting to report. I've just been working. I laid down and closed my eyes for like three minutes and I think I fell asleep right before I got on this call. Oh, nice. That's about That's it. I mean, we played D&D. That honestly has been the highlight of like, that's been the brightest spot in the last like two weeks for me. Rebecca and I are a part of a D&D campaign together now. So we spend even more time together. <laughs> She's DMing. I'm just partaking this time around. It was very fun, though. I mean, I had a lot of fun. Hopefully everybody else had fun. Guys, on the record, we did the the last time we played was the day of my surgery. And to be <laughs> clear, true. after... After the surgery. Jamin came out of the surgical suite, picked up his dice, and rolled for perception. <laughs> Not quite that close of a timeline, but it was literally like by the time no, we got back. No, you were in the hospital, Jamin. You just don't remember. <laughs> it was while I was under. It was... <laughs> No, like by the time we got back, because I stayed over at friend of the podcast Karsten's house to just be like supervised. Like I nap, we got there at like four, I want to say, and I napped until like seven. And then he like woke me up per my request and I was like, I'm good, I'll play, I'll play. And then like anytime I had to like, I had to get up to use the bathroom multiple times and every time it was like I was on death's door at one Jamie point, Jamie was gone for like fifteen minutes every time he went to the bathroom. It was it was a process, and I could like see the stairs behind you guys, and so I would watch for like a full minute as you would like very slowly make your way up. It was embarrassing. <laughs> I could only move so fast, guys. This episode, we watched the Truman Show. Don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's this little reality show about a guy named Truman. Enough said. I think you get the gist. Rebecca had seen this movie before. I had not. This is a little... This is going to be an, a bit of a wild ride because it's. I feel like it's been like over a week since we watched that movie and I've had full surgery since then. So I was... So Damon it was a journey. Is a different man. It's, I, I'm watched. kind of like, I don't know how to discuss it at this point, but we'll, it'll just flow as it flows. It was a while ago. Um, anything else before we get into the uh, preconceived notions? No. All right. Let's get into the preconceived notions. For the things you know and the things you think you know, these are the preconceived notions. Hey guys, you all know what we're here to do. We're here to give our preconceived notions for you. Guessed it, the movie we literally just told you we're watching. 
The Treman Show. Rebecca has seen this movie, so she is gratefully disqualified from this segment. But hey, who who's grateful in this situation? You, the audience. Um, <gasps> <laughs> the Truman Show. This one, I feel that until recent years, I didn't know anything. I knew that there's a movie called The Truman Show that people like. I didn't necessarily know Jim Carrey was in it until recently. And I've received a pretty massive spoiler because <laughs> okay. of TikTok. This was within like the last like year or two. I saw on multiple occasions a TikTok of like a scene from the Truman Show with a like movie reviewer like narrating over the top of it and telling like the very specific twist that I'm pretty sure is in this movie. The mm-hmm. I don't know the overall plot, but I'm pretty sure there's a situation at hand in this movie where Truman, I'm assuming, is Jim Carrey, is like being filmed or like his whole life is actually just a show. Everyone's watching it. Everything's fake. The sh- the What I saw was the woman from that 70s show and WandaVision, that lady... She, like, walks into an office and she's, like, tucking, like, an ascot into her shirt. And the guy narrating was, like, you'll see that she's doing that as if it's the first time that she's walked onto the set. It's her first time playing this character. Because, as we know, everything that Truman's experiencing is fabricated. And I was, like, whoa, massive spoiler. I might want to watch this movie one day. So I halted that. But it did, for the first Uh time ever in my life, make me be, like, that sounds interesting. But... I now have been tipped off that there is some kind of fake life scenario at play here. Sure. Which I do love. I love a good that. Mm -hmm. That's boding well for the movie. What's boding unwell for the movie is that I'm not a huge Jim Carrey fan. (laughs) I like Jim Carrey in... Not even in The Grinch? I love him in The Grinch when he is borderline not Jim Carrey. And when he's playing a character where it makes (laughs) sense for him to be who he is... Uh-huh. I don't like that he's a one-beat guy. Like, every role I've ever seen him in, his, like, whole thing, his whole, like, brand mm-hmm. and, like, comedy is just, like, makes weird faces and, like, does weird things. Mm-hmm. He, like, goes, like, and then everyone goes, <laughs> it's, like, it just, like, gets old for me very fast. Sure. And I'm over it. And he's just, like, loud. Like, he just, like, says something really loud. And then everyone's like, that's so funny. (laughs) I don't know. It overwhelms me. Like, I'm just kind of, like, that style of comedy that's just, like, outrageous humor, like, doesn't really Uh do it for me. But I don't know this movie to be, like, a comedy. So I'm hoping that maybe I just don't have to deal with that too much here. The picture that I'm looking at for this movie is literally an old guy with a cap on watching several screens that make up Truman's face. So I feel that I'm on the right track here. Do you have any predictions other than it might be mysterious? So I'm wondering if it's going to be a situation where it's like he's noticing that something's off, but everyone's treating him like he's crazy. So like throughout the movie, he's getting progressively more zany as he tries to prove himself right 
Mm-hmm. And everyone else is like, what's going on with this guy? And at the very end is when it'll be revealed that it's all like a show somehow. The mm-hmm. show itself is happening because because of capitalism. They've just like made a show of his life because it gets people to watch. So they were like, good. So they just like fabricated this man's life for the purposes of money, I guess. Who's they? I don't know. George Bush. <laughs> Uh, so (laughs) i think that there will also be a love story element just in the sense that like mm -hmm. maybe he'll meet a girl they'll like fall in love but then it turns out she's just an actor too Mm. um i think there will be at least one if it's jim carrey i think there will be at least one very overly extended scene of him doing something really ridiculous like the like the getting in the car scene from wolf of wall street but not good (laughs) every jim carrey movie i've seen has at least one where it's just like nonsense on nonsense and i just i'm just not i feel like every Yeah, I feel like every Jim Carrey movie, there's like a clause where he's like, for at least one day of shooting, you will turn on the cameras, I will do whatever I want, and you've got to make it fit in the movie. Right, right. Let me make one crazy prediction. I think we're going to get... I'm going to make three. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Just decided. (laughs) I think David Schwimmer's in this movie. First of all, second of all, I th- <laughs> second of all, I think that a chimpanzee will make an appearance. And third of all, I think that third of all, I think there's going to be a wrestling tournament scene. <laughs> Those are can my- I say something? Can I say about my preconceived my experience with the movie on mute? Yeah. So I watched this movie in high school i think i was definitely a teenager really loved it it was one of the first like big kid movies that i remember being allowed to watch i watched it with my older brother and my mom um and i haven't seen it in a while i think i have seen it maybe two or three times total um and i feel like i remember this is like jim carrey's like like this is a normal character that Jim Carrey plays like I think this is one of the most like straight edge characters that he plays that in his like well-known filmography um so I'm interested to see what Jamin thinks of that since this isn't one of his more like zany characters I'm wondering if Jamin will like the movie more than he is anticipating that's what I have my fingers crossed for um that is about it from me also oh wait one more thing i think uh i'm glad that he doesn't know anything except that it's a show about his life because that's revealed in like the first five minutes so it's not really a it's not as monumental of a spoiler as he thinks it is and i'm excited about that okay i'm done all right without any further ado the truman show in three two one a cold open, my god. What is going on? We're just starting with this information. I thought it was going to be a big twist. The kit and the caboodle. It's a bundle. So what? The whole town is in on it? I 
just can't tell if this movie's gonna get like freaky or not. Hey, the way he's lit is like he's in a commercial. She is a fake ass hoe. And she's not really in love with him and she's married to him. And they were gonna have a baby? Bring a child into this facade? Oh my gosh. That's Hitchcock from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> oh, go! there goes the dog! <laughs> <laughs> Never seen that before. <laughs> Chaos has erupted. Even the dog is loose. Oh, these camera... Oh, this camera placement is clever. It's placed like we're in hidden cameras. Add. She had to say that. For ad placement, she was going off script. She got in trouble. They can see absolutely everything that they can't see that he is clearly onto them. I know Marlon has got a million people in his ear. The world is on Marlon's shoulders. Trying to manage this situation. It is the 50s. Or is it? Your Honor, Exhibit A. Ah! I don't like when they look into the camera like that. <laughs> Not the nuclear power station. <laughs> You're absolutely kidding me. Those are the guys. Those are the guys from E.T. that came into the house. The cinematic universe develops. Oh, the music is sinister. But what he's saying is not. And that is clever. Since he was a baby, <laughs> pulls the map down. Oh, you're too late. Everything's been found. <laughs> Everything's been found. I can't believe they made him an insurance salesman. Not with the six pack again. <laughs> it's his thing. Okay, so what? We're just blowing cover at this point? It's truly like a little mother gothel rapunzel situation mm -hmm. <sighs> rebecca i can't i it happens every time i can't deal <laughs> i can't believe that's how they ended it If it's been a day or two since you saw the movie, just relive it through this retelling from our memory. So, welcome back to week two of our new segment, yet familiar segment of the recap. Since I was the one who came into the Truman Show blind, I'm the one recapping it. Mm -hmm. I looked up character names, and other than that, there's some things I know I missed. So, I just need to get all the backstory out of the way first. Truman, no last name, is the star of a Big Brother-style 24-7 reality show, and he doesn't even know it. Kristoff, the show's creator and producer, legally adopted Truman as a baby and planted him in a dome full of extras, hidden cameras, and all set to the 60s, giving America and every man to root for Dad of the Year. Truman works for insurance or something. 
It doesn't matter. Just like Truman's <laughs> life. He wakes up every day, says hi to his wife, says hi to his neighbors. In case they don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Goes to work. Has all kinds of strange interactions where people bombard him with ad placement. And America eats it up. Yum, yum, yum. Truman has a desire to travel the world. Tough luck for the guy trapped in a dome. We learn in flashbacks that he once met a girl, Sylvia, who fell in, who he fell in love with. This clearly was not in the script, and Sylvia actually tried to reveal the truth to Truman before getting taken away by the feds. Truman, in modern day, is now married to Merrill, not Street, and longs to travel to find Sylvia once again. He starts to notice strange happenings around town, such as a satellite falling in front of his house or the radio suddenly describing his every move. Things come to a head when Truman bumps into his dead dad, only for every single NPC to go into a flurry, dropping dogs, crisscrossing across each other, jaywalking galore. They just straight up throw (laughs) Truman on a bus as if that's less suspicious. Um, Truman initially tries to confide in his wife about the conspiracy, taking her on an unscripted road trip. But progressively, wild things happen that get in their way that are all being clocked by Truman. As Merrill tries to, with zero subtlety, advertise a hot cocoa brand, um, Truman <laughs> finds her part of the operation. Truman finds that she is part of the operation and turns on her. Hysterical Merrill is written off the show. Kristoff <laughs> deploys a huge twist. Truman's dad is officially written back in, but with amnesia. This seems to calm Truman down and send him back into the usual, waking up, greeting the neighbors, going to work, sleeping in the basement. The basement? Yeah, they are on to him. Truman puts a dummy in his place and sneaks out, taking a (laughs) boat to the edge of town. Kristoff, for the first time in forever stops the broadcast they find truman out (laughs) they find truman (laughs) out in the water and deploy waves thunder lightning the power of zeus everything to stop him truman is clearly willing to die the jig is up they cease record number of people are tuning in truman finds the wall at the edge of the dome and stairs leading to the exit the voice of God, I mean Christoph, stops him and tells him the world outside is no more truthful than the world he has built for him, and that it's safe and it's nice and it's fuzzy and it's warm. Truman says his catchphrase, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, and he leaves the dome. On the outside world, Sylvia, who is seemingly a part of like a free Truman movement, runs to find Truman, and maybe they reunite off screen. And the millions of fans cheer at his escape before asking what else is on TV and changing the channel. That was me turning (laughs) off the TV. Wow. Yeah. I'm excited to get into your trivia because of the nature of this movie. Should we just get right into it? Have you ever been to a party? We don't go to parties. And wanted to impress your friends? Well, here's some things to say. I think he meant Bible study. Okay. Most of my fun facts 
there was a lot of like the typical blah 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 so and so was considered for the role it it took this long to shoot but none of it was particularly interesting to me but quite a few of the trivia falls under this like over this larger umbrella that there were like 15 versions of the script before they landed on the one that they shot and it took several years from like the idea and like getting Jim Carrey to actual production time was like several years. It's normally a lot faster than that. And in these different iterations of the script, there were a lot more of like darker themes, more gritty settings and like storylines that were a little bit more intense. And some of them are, you know, just kind of like, oh, that's interesting. Then some of them I kind of like wanted to talk about a little bit. I don't know if you clocked this. I think I might have said it the ring that he wore that had like a black jewel on it was a camera. I don't know if you caught that or not. Or if I that had That Truman said it. wore? Mm-hmm. I did not clock that. And the 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 neighbor that was always holding the garbage can had a black circle on it that was also a camera. Truman was supposed to be just out of high school, but since Jim Carrey was in his 30s, they changed the script from... Uh, one about teenage angst to a midlife crisis. Oh, I liked this one. Both credited composers do appear on the film. Each of them have their own scene. They are the guys playing the piano in the studio. Like oh. in the in the film studio, you know, when just, like the emotional scenes, it turns and there's like somebody actually playing the piano. Those were the composers like playing their music for the scene, which I thought was really fun. Hmm. All right. The original script was darker and had crucial differences from the shooting draft. The city was not a utopian society, but was going to be staged in like a recreated New York City, like a major metropolis. Um, and there were going to be staged criminal incidents for Truman to like react to, to like see what he would do. Um, In this script, Truman had a drinking problem. It was stated that Truman like actually like slept with the woman who is like casted as his wife. And Kristoff, the director's intention was for Truman to impregnate her. And then the child would carry on the show and they would like take the child and put the child in like a spinoff show into like a whole different world and then follow that child the scene where truman confronts meryl was going to be way more aggressive and get violent and then uh at the end after truman passes like gets through the door to the outside world he was going to meet Kristoff and the main cast members on a rooftop in that version it was going to end with uh Truman like getting into and like attacking Kristoff like getting into an altercation and trying to strangle him and the rest of the cast like holding him back and then he was going to be reunited with Sylvia in the end and I just thought all of that was very interesting Yeah, and not that I wish that they had done that but I would watch that movie like that raises a lot of like I think a lot more moral, like the question of morality. I think they got into it with having Kristoff, you know, try to kill him in the ocean. Raises the whole, like, is this right or wrong? But this separate version would have, like, been laced with that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
There were some deleted scenes that were that particularly followed his best friend. And in those scenes, like his best friend found him in the search and like let him go, like secretly was like, no, go, let him go. They had other deleted scenes of him where it like showed him really questioning Kristoff's intentions. Like the best friend was written to be somebody who like actually genuinely felt for Truman and did have that personal relationship rather than just being Kristoff's pawn. But then they ended up deleting a lot of his like filler scene, his those scenes that supported that. And he just kind of in the end just became like the mouthpiece for Kristoff best friend. Interesting. I have thoughts yeah. on that for the review portion. Okay. Those are my those are my fun facts. Was there any like little Easter eggs of like the clues? There, I read a lot of like product placement. Yeah. Of like this can is turned this way, this box is turned this way. The lighting in all interior scenes are always like full, brightly lit so that you can see all. Because they were saying how like the set, the costumes, the objects, everything was Mm. for sale. So everything is always being presented in like a really clear fashion. The only like dark scenes that they would have that were, were like outside on the dock or like on the beach. And even then there was like a full floodlight pointed at both of their faces so that the camera could pick them up. So this was an occasion where that was okay. Yes. Because they were supposed to be on a set. Yes. Correct. (laughs) We'll get into it. So uh, now it's time for the, main discussion but first we're gonna listen slash watch our preconceived notions to get into that we're gonna have a little post-conceived notions post-conceived notions discussion time guys welcome to the main discussion everyone's favorite part of the podcast Let's hit the ground running and address my preconceived notions. <laughs> First thing I wrote down watching those was, had Jim Carrey clocked wrong? <laughs> I really came for his neck and I'll offer up an apology there. I did say that the show is happening because of capitalism and arguably that was clocked correctly. Because that's just kind of straight up what's happening. If you watch my face, I am pulling a Emmy women performance, giving away <laughs> nothing as you like hit the like deepest part of what I feel like is going to be our discussion later in your preconceived notions. <laughs> this was another Forrest Gump situation, except I made a, there's a lot of misfires here. I did say, who is they? George Bush. Incorrect. <laughs> that one was mainly a funny guess, but I'm still going to count it against myself. Um, I did say there would be a love story that's not authentic because she's one of the actors, and that is true. I didn't clock the the like authentic love of Sylvia, though. The secret love story. The secret love. I did clock one overly extended scene of him being ridiculous. Though, I don't think I hated any of them. I think they were done in a way that I appreciated every time here. So, go Jim Carrey. 
All three of my wild cards were wrong. <laughs> David Schwimmer <laughs> was not in the movie. A chimpanzee did not show up. And there was no wrestling tournament. So, really, I came for the deepest heart of the movie and then completely went to a separate map. You hit a grand slam in the first inning and struck out in everyone after. I'm the one who didn't. So, you, you, you have to lead off the, in, the intro of this because i'm the one who saw it i can't ask myself what i thought <sighs> jamin what I did you run think? this podcast all by myself i don't i mean if you take a close look my name is host of the show on this call is it really oh there it is <laughs> in all lowercase what is this matthias lot <laughs> no i'm a tiktok girl uh, worse <laughs> worse than matthias lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> Are you going to put rock music over Matthias Lot? We'll see. <laughs> Jamin, you've now seen the movie. What did you think? I liked it. I had a good time yes. with it. And there was like, you can hear it in the reaction. There's multiple moments that I was like gasping and like on the edge of my seat. Mm -hmm. um like it did a lot of the things that i love in like a fake reality kind of scenario and so it was a good time for me um i'll be fully transparent like i haven't like i'm struggling to pick a worst part that's kind of how i feel about the movie maybe a spot that i really didn't care for will pop up as we discuss but at the moment i don't have anything selected <laughs> so good times Okay, so let's talk about the script slash the directing. Cue the jingle. The plot, the pace, the dialogue. Let's talk about the script. The I want to talk about the camera choices because I was okay. clocking a lot of those yeah. that there would be some that were really obvious that like was like you could hear the camera going like... Like, and it's like... Zooming it's like a in. CCTV, like... Right, yeah. right, right, right. And then there was some that were just normal movie camera angles, but then it was the ones where I would suddenly notice mid-shot that there was, like, a vignette around it, that there was, like, that it was from, like, oh, the bookcase or something like that. Like, I wouldn't <laughs> even clock it initially, and then I'd be mm -hmm. like, where am I viewing this from? Like, and it was, like, my... I guess the only, like, criticism of, like, the script that I can think of offhand is I, I don't know how I feel about the choice to reveal right off the bat that it's all a show just i guess maybe because i was going in expecting it to be a twist so maybe my mm. expectations were not correct mm -hmm. but it's like it feels like that would have been such a good twist mm -hmm. and it feels like when they got to the point of revealing that like the corporation adopted him and like all of the like true details it felt like it was supposed to be a big twist and it's like mm. But this is more just filling in the gaps. Like, you right. started with the twist. Yeah. And it feels like all of the... Like, it feels like we would have been in with Truman on, like, the craziness of what was going on. And maybe even, like, kind of questioning, is he just making it up? Or is mm -hmm. it really a simulation? Mm -hmm. If we didn't just, like, explicitly know right off the bat that he's straight up on a television show. Yeah. But, like, I'm open that there's an argument to be made that it was that that was the right choice. Because, if anything, it allowed me to, like, notice things sooner than I maybe would have. Yeah. And enjoy them on first viewing. True. I don't know. What do I you think, think we're kind of put in Sylvia's shoes where she knows it's a show. She knows that 
you know, all of this stuff that he doesn't know, but then she genuinely feels for him and has a connection and wants him to be free and doesn't want him to be stuck in this lie that he's living. And so I think that by telling us straight off the bat, this is a TV show. And at first it's like, oh, haha, that's so crazy. Like, wow, that's just incredible. But then pretty quickly we get into and we find out like that he's not very happy that he secretly has been looking for this woman ever since she disappeared, that he's trying to go to Fiji from like scene one he's telling these passerbys he's like oh i'm gonna go on vacation soon and they're like where to and he's like fiji and they're like oh that's crazy like we're told from the start what's going on and we kind of jump straight into that so i think while it was a little bit overt and i think i agree with you i think it would have been fun at least in the beginning to be in truman's shoes rather than sylvia's shoes i think would have been a really fun experience as an audience yeah like i can see why they did it I just think that I agree yeah. with you. It would have been more fun to like not be in the know and find out and have more of a, oh my God, this is bigger than I ever thought that it was with that whole like explaining montage. But you're right. It was just filling in the gaps rather than like twisting anything. That's a really good point. I think that maybe the compromise of like saving it for like just even like 10 minutes in, 15 minutes in would have been effective. Because then you could have had, you could have even saved the interviews for then. Like we could have just had Truman in a day in his life. And then as soon as things start to get a little weird, we could cut to those interviews and we're like, what? Yeah. Because I, I think that my initial idea of saving it for some big twist at the end, like effectively removes our view of the horror of the situation and instead right. turns us into just the TV show audience where we're just seeing the spectacle of this man's life. Mm-hmm. instead of like because we know from the jump that it's a show like you're right like we're every time that we're seeing all of these things we're seeing how awful it is to manipulate someone's life in this way i really appreciated the score in this movie it was there good. was multiple moments where it was like what was happening on screen and what was happening with the score it was just a good example of how movie scores inform the like what's happening on screen in so many different ways where it's like they can either be adding to what's on screen or revealing that something else is happening. I think music is amazing. There was like, I think it's one of the parts where what's his friend's name, Eddie. I think it's Ed. Yeah. His friend and him. It's like, I think after one of his breakdowns are having a beer, his friend always has that six pack (laughs) and they're like sitting out like on the dock, like chatting about life and it's coming across very like sitcom. Nope. Like it inspiration. was Marlin. Marlin. Okay. It's coming across very like sitcom, like life chat moment. But the music underneath, I said it during the movie, was you said sinister. It, yeah, you it. Like it was like, it sounded evil. Something that I noticed on this watch through where I was like, they get right to it. They don't spend a lot of time being like oh and here's how they make the show they do it in like montage form in the interview where it's like here's a really quick exposition about how it's happening and they kind of let you fill in your imagination of like how big this production really is like they didn't have to show us eight million you know crew members building the dome they just zoomed out from space and they're like it's visible from space and you go holy crap that's a huge thing Um, or just starting right away where 
it's like that light falls out of the sky. And to me, I was kind of like, okay, so the show or this this movie starts on like the day that everything starts going wrong, kind of like the day that it all adds up rather than showing us, you know, three weeks of the Truman show of like little things here and little things there. They're like, this is the day that the light falls out of the sky. The rain starts on the wrong cue and he finds out that he can't get to Fiji no matter what he does. Like it all comes crumbling down on this day. So we just made a movie about the day it came crumbling down rather than giving us, you know, because they could have made the movie two hours long and had 15 extra minutes of that stuff, but they really didn't need it. And I think that they did a good job of showing just enough to convey the information and then moving on with like what was actually happening in the plot proceeding forward rather than like getting stuck on the like, isn't this a crazy concept? Because it is a crazy concept. And we were able to explore that through the plot moving forward without having to harp on it. Yeah. I want to talk about, if you, unless you have more to say on like the script and directing, I want to talk about the cast. Because yeah. I have multiple things to say about the cast. Um, cue the jingle. So many characters in this movie. Did they do a good job? So Jim Carrey... I owe an apology to. L- here's the thing. Yeah. I don't know if I can't think of another movie that I've seen him in where he played this type of character. Like this was a very different Jim Carrey for me. Yeah. And it felt like his acting style was so suited for this. It felt like this is the type of thing that should have taken off because that like zaniness that he brings and that comedy that he brings was like the underlying subtlety, not the main event here. Like right. that allowed him to be really like what is going on? Like he's like losing his mind in a way that's like kind of goofy and fun to watch, Mm -hmm. but not in a way that's like full on just like goofy, stupid humor. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that was very enjoyable to watch. And he played like the like sincerity of Truman in a way that I didn't expect. Like I, I just didn't expect how serious it would be. And like, he nearly made me cry during the boat scene whenever, they thought that he, they killed him and then he wasn't killed. Like he played a man who was like, if this is my life, I don't want it. And you can kill me. Like to be so like, that's suicidal. And like, he played it so well that it like broke my heart. Yeah, I agree. And I'm glad that I'm glad it turned out that way. As I said, in my preconceived notions, I was like, I hope Jamin likes it more than he thinks he's going to, because Jim carries very differently in this one. And he is It's also really interesting just to think about somebody who grew up in like a fake society and i feel like society like knocks you down a lot and forms the way that you behave and so it was so interesting like seeing his like you know quirkiness being related to like what if somebody grew up in like you know a, a studio staged world where everything where he's the protagonist like that person would be a little like zany and a little bit weird the way that he like talks himself in the mirror is a very honestly relatable moment like we all have those moments Mm -hmm. that we take for ourselves, but nobody sees those moments in real life and it was Mm -hmm. weird to like see a moment like that and know that millions of other people were seeing a moment like that it is yeah it's a bizarre situation that is very you know unrealistic because it hasn't ever happened before and he made it 
superhuman, like very human and and relatable in that way. Yeah, like, and then I also wanted to give props to, um, I mean, I don't think I have much to say on Marlon. He was just a generic best friend character. Um, I do want to... I will say that you were talking about how he was meant to be more like rooting for Truman than what made it in the movie. And mm-hmm. I'll give credit to the actor that like, I kind of felt that like, yeah. it, like there was never really a moment in the movie that like super stood out of him, like breaking away from the script to help Truman, but it did feel like he cared. Yeah. I, you can see like, what the actor had to work with informed his choices because he definitely was a lot more genuine than like, you know, say his wife who was like very clearly like hated her job, hated being with Truman, didn't like Truman, didn't want to be on the show anymore. But like the best friend was like, honestly, like kind of a great best friend. Like, and it, it almost was that scene on the dock where it was like menacing and then it shifts and you see that Kristoff is literally feeding him lines like, you know, before you see that he was being fed lines, you're like, wow, this is such a great best friend moment. Like he is saying he's really there for Truman. So I think that part of that, part of the editing and cutting it down to make him a pawn made it worse. Like it hit or I should say it hit harder because his acting was so genuine. And to know that like the actor thought that he was, you know, like Truman's only ally. And that was what was in the performance behind it actually gave that whole dynamic a lot of dimension. It was really interesting. I wanted to jump off that and say I really appreciated the performance of Meryl in the sense that like I think she did a good job at showing someone like. Like, by the end, I was like, write her off the show. She's doing bad, and I'm annoyed at her. (laughs) She's doing bad. she was doing a good... The actress in real life was doing a good job, because, like, that's, like... It felt like someone who is slowly deteriorating, trying to keep up with this, like, impossible scenario. And so, like, by the time she got to where Truman's holding a knife to her... And Marlon comes in and she hugs him saying, how do you expect me to... She breaks character and says, how do you expect me to work in these conditions? I like felt what she was saying. I was like, I get it. Again, so many of the characters that break have to play essentially two characters. They have to play their persona in the Truman Show and also whoever they are underneath it all. Mm -hmm. And I felt like she did a good job of playing that duality because Mm. there would be the Mm -hmm. moments where like you see a split moment of like fear... When she's suddenly, again, zero tact, homegirl. But she's just like, you need some cocoa. (laughs) She just starts trying to sell him on it and looks into the camera as if that was a good time or place for it. I hope to God she was fed that ad in her ear because that was a terrible choice. But, like, then he pushes against it and, like, in her eyes, like, you can see her, like, in the world as an actress, like searching for like, what do I do next? Like whenever you're in a live theater and something goes wrong and you're like, how do I improvise? How do I improvise? Like you can Uh see those gears turning in her head. Like she played Mm -hmm. it very well. Mm -hmm. Well, And also realizing too, like it's not like a normal acting gig where it's like, 
you know, you call cut and the director's right there. Like she was in that house with him alone. Like they cut to like a corner, like a camera that's in like a corner of the room. And she's like, get me out of here. And I was like, they are so far from her. Like the only thing they could do was send Merlin Marlin in. But like, even then, like he didn't get there and Truman had a knife and like that woman is trapped in this alternate reality with somebody who is acting so unpredictable at the moment like what a terrifying Mm -hmm. situation to be in the main performances i remember from the movie is truman marlin and meryl and christoph but i mean christoph is his own completely separate um i guess there was sylvia for a little bit she didn't have to play that duality because she didn't really keep up the facade at all. She was really bad at it. (laughs) (laughs) I thought for so long when Sylvia was first being introduced in that flashback, I thought she was like accidentally there because Mm -hmm. at that point I didn't know how the whole show functioned. And she (laughs) was like, like off the bat, she was like, Truman, you're on a television show. Like from the, from the jump. So I was like, did she like sneak in here? Mm-hmm. Is she like, like how she was like an extra gone rogue. Well, and I think that's what it was supposed to be is that she yeah. was just an extra and he took an interest in her and that wasn't and then what they, was supposed like, to happen. And then they like pivoted and worked with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cause they turned it into a whole marketing thing. They were like, Oh, the stolen kiss, the forgotten love, like blah, 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 all this stuff. They really like, turned it around for the show i can't think of any like specific scenes that we haven't already mentioned that like stood out to me performance wise i think just like any scene where like like the world was crumbling around him jim carrey did a good job of Mm -hmm. playing that confusion like i felt I never felt like, come on, man, how are you not getting it? Like, it felt like he was always getting it as much as one in that situation could get it. Yes. Like, yeah. it didn't feel like a, like a, he was making stupid choices and, like, seeing past. Like, he was always on to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, mm-hmm. but he was never, like, overly smart. Where he's like, oh, it's a television show. Right. Like, it made sense to me that, like, he didn't immediately connect that literally everyone's in on it. Like, he was confiding in Meryl, and then he's confiding mm-hmm. in Marlon, and then he's slowly piecing together that, like, oh, you're a part of this, too. <laughs> that bus driver, for his life, was holding that show together. <laughs> I loved any scene like that where he was just, like, Truman was just going rogue, and any, like, they were always long scenes where you're watching him go through town, and it's, like... Again, it was such a subtle directing choice. This is blending with the directing a little bit. But it's like where you could... It wasn't like we were suddenly seeing the behind the scenes of everyone scurrying. But all of the extras performances, you could tell that they were like, okay, okay, places. And like, they like <laughs> ran on there. And like the like everyone on that bus looked terrified. Like they're like... <laughs> oh, God, what what's going to happen? <laughs> then, yeah, he's like... Sorry, buddy. It's gotta go. Like it's like everyone's peeing their pants. Or just like whenever he goes to the travel agency and she like runs in there with the tissue still like those were like such little choices where it's yeah. like those were so much better choices than just straight up showing us the control room. And like right. later in the movie they did start to show us 
the him making the choices to manipulate Truman's life. But in those yeah. like earlier shots, it wasn't like they were constantly showing us them being like, all right, and now deploy extra number three. It was just like you could genuinely see that they were like, okay. <laughs> I liked the, the glimpse that they did give us. I loved that it was just like super normal. They were like, all right, he's turning it onto this street. Uh, car one, go. Extra standby. Car two, go. Extras, go. Bus coming around the corner. Like, so matter of fact. It They didn't cut to it during, like, a dramatic screen moment. It was, like, that little, like, peak was so mundane and like the the thing behind set that he saw like you said was craft services like such a mundane thing but just like almost so normal that you were like how has he not realized by now that they're narrating what he's doing but i feel like if my audio like radio suddenly cut to that i wouldn't put it together for a couple of minutes either like it wasn't until he turned onto the street and they were like oh turning on to lancaster lane and he was like wait a second, I'm on Lancaster Lane. Right. This is, at this point, cue the jingle, because let's just get <laughs> into the meat of this story. <laughs> what does it mean? What does it mean? What does it mean? But what was this movie about? I... Uh, I loved that, that they never... Maybe a little bit with Kristoff, but even then, not so much with Kristoff, they never depicted it as maniacal. They never depicted it as evil. Whenever they're cutting in on them being like, all right, and now we're a go for this street and this actor's coming on. Like, it was never like them com- like completing a scheme to get money. It was genuinely the way that like a film set is run or that a stage manager on a, sh- on a show is just like, all right, cue curtain. Like, it was just very mundane, like you said, and matter of fact as part of the world. And then even with Kristoff, which Kristoff is its own topic within the meaning, but it's like even he wasn't depicted as like having some kind of evil agenda. It was so genuinely all just depicted as we're just running a show here. It also showed that it had been going for so long. Mm, Like they weren't in the like, oh, what if we did this? It was mm-hmm. like, they have been doing this for 30 years. Yeah. Like, it is just a routine at this point. It's just, an, you know, everybody clocks in for their shift. Those, you know, overnight tech guys clock in for their overnight shift. And it was interesting seeing, like, their parallel with, like, the parallel of the people who to who tune into it at that time of night it's just like a part of the way that everything has always worked and so like normalizing such a you know crazy situation really aided in that what you were saying like it wasn't maniacal it wasn't like ha 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 we've got our pawn right where we wanted and it did start i think just at this point we're fully into the meaning and morality behind it but yeah we already cued the jingle oh oh that's right his whole thing of like i can raise him in a world that isn't the way that the real world is like i can protect him i can give him such a nice happy life like that being you know, the starting point and what kept the show going. And like the motto that was written on those crew people's t-shirts was like, love him, protect him. 
like everybody caring for Truman and having, you know, these thousands of employees who looked after his every need and these millions of people who watched every moment of his every day, like loved Truman so much. But he was, you know, like a bug in a glass cage or whatever. Like his life was all a lie. They... There are really, once it's all said and done with, like, what is the, like, meaning and, like, themes behind the movie, Mm -hmm. one of them I was really clocking during, it feels like there's two, like, ideas being had here, and they kind of cross over with Kristoff, because there's the Mm -hmm. obvious of, like, society and reality television and making a spectacle of someone's life, Right. But then it felt like, and I think I said this during the movie, it felt like there was like a Rapunzel kind of angle happening here with like Kristoff mm-hmm. and Truman being Mother Gothel and Rapunzel. Like it felt kind of like a modern retelling of Rapunzel because mm-hmm. like it's literally a baby that he stole and trapped in Rapunzel is trapped in a tower. Truman is trapped in a dome where everything is provided for you. Don't go out into the big scary world. I have everything you need right here. And then there's Mm -hmm. literally a love interest that essentially like finds them there and tries Mm -hmm. to get them out. And in the end, like they're the one who has to get themselves out. Yada, yada, yada. But it's like literally like the whole like confrontation between them at the end felt so Rapunzel of like, don't go out into the, like it's like stay with me from into the woods. Like, Mm -hmm. Like it was like, it feels like they're like he did genuinely view Truman as his son almost and did genuinely mm-hmm. love him in some ways. But mm-hmm. I think that it's complicated with Kristoff because I think that he it's the both hands thing and he has the he does genuinely love, I think, Truman in a mm-hmm. way and does genuinely want to create a good life for him and has this opportunity to create this perfect little utopia world for him in the Truman show. And then he has this director side of him that is creating something that's never been seen before and the ratings are through the roof and he can create a character that's so relatable for Americans. Like, I think that, like, he talks about it. Like, I think he genuinely cares about those things. And so then Mm -hmm. they intersect in a really ugly way where I don't think either one is effectively being accomplished. Like, you are, like, they're, like in the worst way possible, his little like son that he's wanting to create a perfect life for. And this reality show where he uses his son for those purposes, like are just meshing to become something awful and abusive. Well, and I think that they're like diametrically opposed, like outcomes. Like you Mm -hmm. can either have somebody that you love and take care. I think the problem is, is that he views his idea of like loving Truman is that he knows what's best, which is spot on for a mother, mother Gothel like mm-hmm. comparison. It's really like, I know what's best for you and this is the best life for you. And he's not, this really is a very like interesting parent child relationship because what is, you know, crippling and stifling and lying to Truman and Truman doesn't have any agency over his life or any ability to make any of his own decisions really because he's living in a snow globe. Um, and at the end, that's what Kristoff has to do is like, let him go. And, you know, that, 
motivation of you know the money and you've created the best tv the longest running tv show and the most accomplished award-winning most viewers blah 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 all this stuff like i think that really inflated his idea of like so this is best i'm so successful i know what's best created Mm. a monster like a little cycle yeah yeah Yeah. i think the constant cutting back to just like everyday americans watching the show and then especially the ending where they all are like yes go truman freedom what else is on like that like it was just (laughs) a show to them like they didn't they didn't love him they didn't care about him he was just entertainment for them yeah. It doesn't it like it like I feel like we get so when we get with the way we consume media we get so we separate it in a way where we fully dehumanize that other person. Um mm-hmm. like st- like still even right now today like the way we discuss celebrities and the way we talk about them on social media or the way we talk mm-hmm. about their breakups or the way that we lust after them like it's in a very they aren't a real person way. Like we talk mm-hmm. about Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris Evans the same way we would talk about Captain America like as if he's not a real person who's going to read that people are saying very weird sexual gross or mean things about him online yeah Um, and Mm -hmm. I think about like I talk about that all the time with celebrities where it's just like they're humans too though like I like I get that like they have all of these great things but it's like Sean Mendez is a good example that everyone thinks he's gay so everyone thinks it's okay all over TikTok or even on his page to be like, you can come out, we'll support you. Oh, the closet is made of glass. And it's like, that is so gross to say Mm -hmm. to a person. Like, you wouldn't say that to your friend. And it's like, I feel that this movie did a good job of showing that it's like, the audience isn't some separate character. Like, we are that person. And, like, we Mm -hmm. even have shows. Like, was Big Brother a thing at the point of this movie? Because, like, that's literally what Big Brother is. So, Truman Show came out in 98, and Big Brother started in 2000. I wonder if they're not connected. Like, I wonder if there's not, like, a... Like, if, like, the initial thing was not almost like a Truman Show in real life situation. Did you want to cut in with anything? Because I had another thing to say, and I don't want to go for too long. No, go ahead. Go for it. Well, I was just going to say, I think there's obviously also a component to the story that's kind of messing around with the idea of free will. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. On like small and larger scales, the illusion of taking away choice equaling protection. I think that like literally, like whenever they, he like reunites with his fake father, like mm. even the people in the studio are like crying. They're like, Wow. That was beautiful. They're like congratulating each other. Like they don't see what's happening here. Like they don't see that it's that this is not okay. And I think it's because they see it as like, well, he was raised in it. He doesn't know any better. Like we've protected him mm-hmm. from all these other things. And so these are genuinely truthful experiences. Yeah. It was it's so interesting to see, you know, a fully grown adult who's lived in this utopia who has learned life lessons, but through such a stilted, manipulated way. You know, like, Mm -hmm. he knows loss because he lost his dad in the boating accident, but the whole purpose of that was to make him afraid of water so that he wouldn't try to leave. 
And then they used that fear of water to keep him prisoner. And it was something that they fabricated. Like, that's so messed up. It's so sticky. It's like, because it's like, in the end, he did experience a father figure. He did experience a death. He did experience a trauma. Those were real experiences. And he very well could have experienced them out in the real world. It's one of those where it's like, whenever Christoph says at the end, he's like, the truth you will experience out there is no different than the truth you will experience in here. And it's like, I don't agree, but I don't have the most articulate way to say why. Because it's like, Mm -hmm. he is going through all kinds of stuff in the dome that are Mm -hmm. affecting him the way they would a normal human and are playing out the way they would. But they're not, like, you're playing God. Like you're yes. like you're putting yourself in charge of another person. Yeah, which then I think does really reveal Kristoff's true colors there in the end, because you know he says that it's about love. He says that it's about caring, about giving Truman the best life. But then at the end, like what you were saying, where it's like, and he even tells Truman like it's going to be the same. Just here, I can protect you. Is basically what it comes down to. And so we see that like Kristoff's whole mo is that. Is, is the control over Truman's life. It's not wanting the best for Truman if Truman's going to come across the same hardships. You know what I mean? It's about having the control and the say in exactly how it happens. Can I also say, I just thought of this, because I thought about it, I think, during the movie where I was like, why would the actors sign up for this? Why would they sign up to live full time in this restricted dome where they're pretending mm-hmm. the entire time and trying mm-hmm. not to get caught, basically. Right. And, like, by doing this, they're getting a chance to step away from the real world and just, like, exist in the 60s on, like, a happy-go-lucky sitcom where the world, the script is written for them and they don't have to worry Like, for them, it's almost like they're stepping into this little utopia that they get to Mm -hmm. be a part of. And for them, that's great because they got to choose it. Because they get to choose to be a part Mm. of it. And Truman has to suffer for that to happen. Truman is not choosing it. Truman is, is a victim of the situation. I did not think of that. That is very interesting. Yeah. That's kind of all I have to say. I didn't take any notes during the movie. I didn't. Either. I was. I was. I was thinking the whole time. We didn't even get into, and at this point, we don't have time. But like the fact that there was multiple babies lined up, and all of them were unwanted pregnancies that were then used for the show. It feels like there's a whole can of worms, a whole commentary there that we didn't even scratch the surface of about pregnancy and abortion. And I am not even prepared for it. But I, like, as soon as they revealed that, I was like, what are, what is going on? I think it aided in sort of that denial that Kristoff was in of this delusion that he, like, saved Truman and that what he was offering was just so much better than anything that you know, that baby would have, like, then that baby's life would have turned out because of the circumstances that he was actually born into. And then just sort of fueled all of that 
you know, the story that Kristoff was telling himself was different than what he was actually doing. And I think that was part of that, like, motivator of, like, this baby would have been nothing without me. I mm-hmm. made you what you are. This idea of, like, just because you're alive, that's the best case scenario. Right. And you should be grateful. Mm-hmm. Oof. Um, what? I have a funny part that I just thought was so funny. <laughs> but I what? don't know if it's going to be my... I don't know if it's going to be my best part. I don't think it is. So I'll say it. Because <laughs> I don't think you picked my best part. Um, it's when he's like, what do you want to be, Truman? And he goes, I want to be an explorer. And she just pulls the world map down. And she goes, it's all been discovered. <laughs> thank you so much for reminding me of that scene that was the funniest part of the movie that was like an snl skit in the middle of the movie out of nowhere just the flashback of i want to be an explorer not the pull down (laughs) whoops it's all been explored (laughs) oops Pick Oopsie. a different thing, Truman. <laughs> you know that woman was pivoting on the spot. She was like, what did he say? I just pulled it down. No one expected the little star to say, I want to leave the dome. She was like, oh, God, I'm going to get my bonus. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know how that could be <laughs> phrased into a thoughts and prayers. She just needed an honorable mention. <laughs> uh, that was such a funny part. <laughs> Thank yeah. God you reminded me of it. I fully forgot about that part. <laughs> oh, wow. It's all been discovered. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's time to get into our parental guidance, right? Yeah. Let's go. Uh-oh. Might want to skip ahead. Or grab your parents, because this next section requires some parental guidance. Hey, guys. Welcome to the parental guidance segment of the podcast. <laughs> Rebecca, they can see you now. <gasps> oh. I'm going to put a censored bar. Whose hand was that? (laughs) In the name of the father, the son. (laughs) Someone's here in my room. It's like cousin it from the Adams family. The Adams family was a weird. This is a great segment to mention this in. Um, The Adams family was a weird one that was very allowed in my household. The, like, movies that got made later where they were, like, very vulgar and talked about abortions, those were not. But the, like, classic show where, like, their whole shtick is that they are weird and awful, my mom loved it. She let me watch it. I'm telling you, it was bonkers, the random stuff. Don't act like you don't have your share. The fact that you can watch Gilligan's Island, Gilligan's Island is inappropriate. Gilligan's Island is very sexual, mainly. Okay, but my parents didn't want us to watch Gilligan's Island. We were only technically allowed to watch Gilligan's Island, but they didn't like that What's-Her-Face wore, like, a crop top with it tied under her boobs. 
Welcome to the Parental Guidance, everybody, where we talk about why or why not we were or were not allowed to watch the movie. Jamin, because I was allowed to watch the movie, specifically off Clearplay because I watched it on Netflix. Granted, I was a teenager. I wasn't allowed to watch it as like a kid, but it was Which like... Which is a little shocking. There's a little bit of language and Marlon is not ever seen on camera without holding a six pack of beer. So this True. movie is not without its fair share. But I don't know if I, I don't have much to say. I think that this is one of those that it probably just didn't just cross it. our path. Yeah. Yeah. Because I never even really heard about it growing up a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I don't feel like I even heard about it till like my more adult years. And then the time I really started to find out even what it was was when WandaVision was coming out. Because there's similarities there, obviously. Yeah. I'm not going to... I don't want to like frame like any of my like parents as like thinking of it as like a sin or being like super uptight like that. But I do think that the concept of stealing a baby, of legally, of a corporation adopting a baby to then raise, it's one of those where like it doesn't end with some kind of like nice and concise message that it leaves you with or like anything like that. So it's really just like the concept I don't think my parents would have loved Mm -hmm. of like they adopted a baby and raised him in this and tormented him and then he escaped at the end. Like, like I don't think they would have been a huge fan of that. Yeah, um, like I could see that. They they preferred things with like concise things to say at the end. Messages, yeah. Um, yes, like signs for an alien movie. I don't know. Like, have you seen War of the Worlds? No. Let me mute myself for a second. War of the Worlds, like, doesn't have some kind of message at the end, but it does have... Like, you know, they beat the aliens and there's a mystery that you've solved of figuring out what their weakness is and like how they saved the day in the end. And so it's like, that's just a little different than like a typical, like, like the movie alien, you know? So I just think that that, like, if they knew about it, I don't feel that they would love the concept, but they loved a good mystery. I feel that there was a lot of things that, like, conceptually they maybe wouldn't have morally, like, liked, but because there was a good mystery behind it, they really got behind. There's several paranormal movies that are that way, where they're, like, straight up just about ghosts or spirits that got a pass because the story was so intriguing and, like, mysterious enough and didn't have, like, sex and language in it. Yeah, like, anything paranormal was outlawed unless like in the movie it was all a twist have you seen the village he, my mom loves m night Shyamalan. okay okay the village is the only one i've was allowed to watch and it was because in the end it was all right it was all fake spoilers for the village let's get into <laughs> the thoughts and prayers when times get tough we offer thoughts and prayers Welcome to the Thoughts and Prayers. Welcome. This is a very romantic segment. 
this is a very soft-spoken segment. <laughs> you guys know and love this segment. This is the first time getting to watch this segment, so you'll get to kind of see how we present our thoughts and prayers. But this is a comedy segment where we just use the template of thoughts and prayers to offer up thoughts and prayers to different ideas, concepts, moments, thoughts about the movie. You'll catch on pretty quick. Thoughts and prayers for that dog. (laughs) (laughs) The dog that got loose in the mayhem. (laughs) The dog that, yeah, they just, once the dad showed up, they (laughs) dropped the dog. There's like three separate shots of it, like running this way. And then that way it goes into a store. Leash dragging behind it. (laughs) This dog was pulled into a simulation. Is anyone checking in on it? Do we have like a a roster of who's supposed to take care of the dog? That dog doesn't know it's a simulation. Where's the dog handler? Yeah. Where is this ethical animals on set? (laughs) (laughs) The real problem with the Truman Show is the animal cruelty aspect. (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) draw... I can excuse human abuse, but I draw the line at animal cruelty. My first one is thoughts and prayers for the man in the bathtub. That guy is only ever watching at like 2 a.m. And he's in the bathtub all the time. <laughs> Someone check in on him. He is shriveled up. He Listen, I have taken baths before at 2 a.m. Every time that happens, I am in a very low point of my life. I feel like people who are flying high, enjoying life and success and money and human connection are not in the bath at 2 a.m. Piggybacking off of that. My thoughts and prayers go off to all of the diner patrons who are not getting their meals anytime soon because their waitresses (laughs) are too busy watching reality TV. (laughs) I mean, there's never a cutaway to them where they're like coming up back to the screen busy from a day of work. They are only there to watch the show. They're never actually working. Clocked They're just like leaning against the bar like... (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> there's like the one with the really messy updo she's consistent the other one i feel like she like pops back in a couple times the work dynamic is not equal around that diner <laughs> and there's there's a lot of people behind them who are definitely not getting their scrambled eggs <laughs> especially when it's packed out like a sports bar on the day of the super bowl there at the end yeah I hope nobody came in there for food I, I, <laughs> Why would they? Why would they? <laughs> Why would they when Truman is missing? The, those women are actually aren't hired to waitress. They're hired to like hype up the crowd. They work for <laughs> the Truman, Truman hype men. The, yeah. <laughs> true hype. True hype. <gasps> that is such a good name for like a Truman fan club. <laughs> Rats, 22 years too late. <laughs> Dang it. All right. Uh, my next thoughts and prayers are for um, the Broadway of this world. More specifically, the struggling dance quality on Broadway because the Truman Show has snatched up all the best choreographers. 
How how do you mean? <laughs> like in the world where the Truman Show exists, Broadway probably sucks because all the best choreographers work on the Truman Show to get 8 billion extras in the right place at the right time without causing mass mayhem. Okay, okay. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Hamilton doesn't exist in that timeline. Hamilton could never exist in a world that the Truman Show exists. <laughs> In this essay, I will demonstrate the Truman Show existing leads to Trump never getting elected. (laughs) (laughs) It's a domino effect that starts with Hamilton never coming to be. (laughs) My next thoughts and prayers grow up to the other babies who didn't get born on time and were then raised as disappointments. (laughs) <laughs> can you imagine ever living that down i mean come you on you could have been truman especially if the deal was that either they're raised unwanted by that mom or by the truman show oh i mean God. can you imagine their life <laughs> they're like you could have just been born sooner um my the rest of my thoughts and prayers are all for like the were in a world where the truman show exists thoughts and prayers for the struggling actors who can't land a role even in this show which has been running for 30 years but they just reuse actors not according to sag after rules and in a world where the emmys exist according to the director this applies <laughs> rebecca pulled out a book this big and was like I know how Hollywood works. <laughs> that was crazy. Well, it's like there's this whole, like, the whole, like, thing how, like, law and order, like, makes, you know, that's the only way that actors could ever make a living is because law and order, like, because you can't reuse actors on shows. And so, you know, they need new people every episode that's been running for, you know, 20-something years. Everybody's been on law and order. That's... There is no law and order in this in this world. Truman Show, the Truman Show has taken over. This is a dark al- al- alternate timeline. They've got to be operating under different rules because how are they getting paid? What are they getting paid for? As far as their life is concerned, their housing and food is taken care of. <laughs> I don't mean to advocate for the Truman Show. (laughs) I feel like not everybody does, though, because when they showed that town at night, nobody was, like, coming out of their, like, houses. Like, I think it's implied that a lot of people go home at the end of the day. That's true. I feel like there was a moment where, like, at nighttime, like, people weren't coming out when they should have been. Because it was when he was missing there. and they were going all over the city. There was nobody there. And then when they showed it up, they were like, get all the extra, like, get every extra you can to go That's search true. the street. And then they just linked arms and walked in a line. Like they were marching for women's votes. Thoughts and prayers to Meryl Streep, who through this biopic, we learned has quite the history and journey in the Hollywood space. She's done lots of things, lots of experimental things. She's been fired. She's just like the rest of us. 
And I don't know where that gap gets filled in. I don't know what she went through, what lows she stooped to to get back on the saddle. But she's doing great these days. My thoughts and prayers go with her that she heals from that trauma. I mean, I felt I picked up on that, that this was clearly a young Meryl Streep. She was named after Meryl Streep. I don't know if she was supposed to be Meryl Streep. Was she actually named after her? Mm-hmm. All the characters were named after, like, major film uh, figures. To be clear, I don't actually think she was supposed to be Meryl Streep. But I think it's funny to assess, since she's it an is. actress named Meryl. It is. Poor girl. I hope she and Truman can meet later and, like, work through it. Because I feel like, honestly, Truman would be pretty sympathetic to her, co- her plight. I don't know if I would. <laughs> The person who faked being in love with me for five years and actively contributed to my trauma. I mean, but if you find out that trauma, there's been, if you find out that there's been some person in the sky calling all the shots on your life, and he's capable of doing this horrible thing, couldn't you accept that it's cap- he's capable of doing horrible things to other people, like putting actors in unsafe environments? Who made her book this gig? Probably her agent when she was a nobody down on her luck when she was 22. Meryl Streep is allowed to make mistakes. (laughs) And (laughs) And she's allowed to be forgiven. Accountability first. If I'm true. My last thoughts and prayers. (laughs) My last thoughts and prayers go out for the engineers who worked tirelessly to create a realistic weather simulator only to have their beloved system used for attempted murder that'll keep you up at night (laughs) they watched in horror on their television screens at home one of them had a full like oh god what have i done like moment he's doing like this (laughs) <laughs> like looking down with like the praying hands and he's just like oh my god was it worth it thoughts and prayers to the fish that in that lake who were probably very confused with what was going on <laughs> the way the water is moving the way the sun is just coming up at an unpredictable time i really want a cookie That is insulting to offer as a cookie. A Nutri-Grain bar? (laughs) Guys, let's get into the best part, worst part of it all. For those that listened, thank you. And for those who skipped right to the end, we get you. Here it is, best part, worst part. Hey guys! Welcome. Every- hey everyone! On the count of three, hey let's, everybody. All, let's all as an Welcome audience Welcome to up. the best part, worst part. <laughs> take it away! Take it away! Take it away! Hey everybody! Welcome to the best part, worst part, where we talk about what our uh, what, well, what the best part and the worst part of the movie, where we have to pick a specific moment. Um, we can't pick like a. a or a character and we can't have the same one those are the rules Jamin what was the best part of this movie for you easy (laughs) the way I (laughs) you felt me on that one you looked into time travel 
Oh, easy. Oh, easy. <laughs> it's still so funny. Um, it was easy, though. Um, for me, the best part was when he is in town and bumps into his dad. That was my first, like, oh, shit moment of the movie where, like, I gasped and I, like, I haven't gone through the footage yet, but I'm pretty sure for the rest of that scene, I was, like, jaw dropped, like, like, I was just, like, beside myself because it was, like, the first really big breaking of the simulation moment where, like, Mm -hmm. not only did, like, something crazy happen, but then, like, the, like, agent swooped in and, like, got the dad out of there the dog was flying. The like people are like pushing Truman onto a bus. Like it was like, what's going on? Like it was yeah. so crazy, and yeah. it was like the, the like score and like everything came to a head where it was like chilling. Like it was so freaky, and it like got me so excited for the rest of the movie. So that was the best part for me. Amazing. What was the best part of the Truman Show movie for you? I feel like for me. <laughs> Oh, I kind of have a tie, and I was just assuming that you would take the first one, and now I don't. Maybe I'm questioning now whether my second one is my favorite. I feel like for me, it was the the doc scene with Merlin, specifically when you were like, the music is very ominous right now, and I had not clocked that before. That was like a new moment, even though I'd seen this movie before. I had mm-hmm. always gotten that unsettling feeling, because I remembered that, like, you know, he's being fed his lines. But you picking up on that before we even see that Kristoff is in his ear was so good. It was that, you know, that dichotomy. You were seeing and hearing something completely different. It was so fascinating and really, like, led to the underbelly of what this movie is about. And that mm-hmm. scene is fantastic. And I, uh, I really liked that moment. Yeah. That is a really good pick. What was the best part? Or, nope, we already did the best part. <laughs> Jamie, <laughs> what was the worst part of the movie for you? So, the real answer is I don't think I have one. Ooh, I, controversy. I think it's a really good movie. It was I think really it's tight. really well done. It's one of those iconic movies that's iconic for a reason. I think it's like a freaking, like, like, if it's not a 10 out of 10, it's, like, a 9 out of 10. Like, it's, like, it's right. really good. Yeah. So, I'm nitpicking. So, I just said when they find out that he snuck out of the basement, mm-hmm. I feel that me as an audience member, I clocked what was going on within, like, 10 seconds. And that scene takes them, like, three and a half minutes to figure out what has happened. Uh-huh. It drags. It drags a little bit. Where it's They're like, like reviewing the, like, the backstory of those two crew members. They're like having a full conversation. It it does go on for a little bit. Well, right? and then and then Kristoff comes in and he's like, "What's he doing?" And then they like recap everything. And they're like, "He's sleeping down there." And then he's like, "Zoom in." Okay, look at this. Okay, now look at this. Okay, now zoom in. Hey, have someone go over there. Hey, go down there. And it was like I clocked as soon as the vibe got suspicious that he right. put a dummy there. And it's like, it wouldn't have been unbelievable for me, especially from Kristoff, for him to have, like, clocked it pretty immediately, what has happened. And, like, I get that, like, maybe he clocked it, but he needed to, like, see it. Confirm it, yeah. It was maybe, but it was a little moment where I was just kind of like, all right, get to the point. But that's me nitpicking. Like, that, I didn't hate that scene. Yeah. (laughs) It was a good scene. Do you have a clear worst part? 
I do, but it's, I feel like after thinking about it, it's not. But in the moment, I was like, ugh. But like now, like thinking about it, especially with the context of the whole like parental element, for me, it was the moment where Kristoff is in the studio. He's like finished talking to like those crew guys and he like goes up to the screen and he just like strokes Truman's face. And it's like a very intimate moment that when I was watching it, I was like, that was weird. (laughs) But like, and I think it still is weird because Truman's a 30 year old man. But that idea of like, you know, like a parent like opening the door while their kid sleeps and just like, you know, just like taking that in for a second or like going in to like say goodnight or give them a kiss like after they've already already fallen asleep. Like that's a very like deeply parental thing to do. Like I feel that with the baby yeah. that I nanny, like when I'm rocking feel- her to sleep and I just like stare at her face. And I'm just like, I love you so much. So like I understand the intent behind it, but the execution was just a little weird because it was a screen and Truman is a grown man. Yeah. For me, it was one of the first moments I think that like tipped me off to the theme of like him actually feeling like a parental figure. Yeah. Yeah. The mother Gothel of it all. But for you, Jamin, was it worth the hype? I'm glad you asked. As much as it could be. I like I'll say that it was really good and I liked it, but it's one of those movies that I didn't really have hyped up for me. Like I guess in the sense of like I know that it's an iconic movie and so mm-hmm. thus it has hype. It met that mm-hmm. hype. I like I get why it's iconic. But like I didn't hear this talked about all the time like I did pulp fiction. And then, like, Mm -hmm. even when I've heard it in recent years, it's just been mainly as a comparison thing for things like Mm -hmm. WandaVision. Mm -hmm. And so I really didn't, like, know about this movie a whole lot. But in the sense of I know that it's, like, a very popular movie. And, like, so, like, in that sense, yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. Like, it met that hype and exceeded it. I thought it was really good. I would watch it again. It has a very good rewatchability like meter Mm -hmm. because it's not just boring which like i I, like i know that we feel differently on some of these things but i feel similar to like the goonies or i'm not gonna put alien in this category like there's a category of movies we've watched thus far that i can definitely see myself just like having on like Mm -hmm. while i'm baking or while i'm cleaning as like a on movie and like goonies falls into that category for me uh, this movie falls into that category for me. There's others that I liked in a way where I'm like alien. Like I'm sitting down and watching that. Like mm-hmm. that's not just an on movie. Um, yeah. There's others where I'm like, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> like Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> or honestly, E.T. I'm pretty, I'm, if I remember correctly, we gave E.T. a pretty positive review, but it's not one that I'm like, I wasn't enamored with it. Like, I'm not Mm -hmm. like, oh, I want to watch Mm E.T. I feel like I enjoyed it for what it was, and I've moved on with my life. I feel the same way about The Dark Knight Rises. (laughs) You just grab these movie titles out of a dark alley and punch them in the face and throw them there to die with these call-outs. Anyway, guys, this episode was so much fun. It was a great first episode with the visual format. Um, If you're watching us on YouTube, 
feel free to like this video, subscribe to the channel. We're getting crazy. Or comment below. Uh, let us know what you thought of the video format. And um, if you're listening to us, it's the usual stuff. We would love it if you rated or reviewed us on your given platform that you're listening on. Uh, if you look us up on Instagram, late to the watch party on Instagram, you can follow our link tree, go to all of our socials, follow us on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. Uh, we're, now that we have the video format, we'll hopefully be posting some TikToks, getting the word out there um, on Spotify for the Spotify users. As usual, you guys get a little prompt on there. That's just kind of like, what did you guys think of the movie? And you can respond on there and we might pin, you know, top, top response on there. And to our international listeners, if you out yourself, you will get acknowledged on the podcast. I mean, immediately. I'll fly you out to the States. Oh. <laughs> At some point. <laughs> this is a s satire podcast. <laughs> Don't make it seriously. And next week we'll be watching uh, Pocahontas. Thanks so much for listening to this or watching this episode. We're very excited about this new format. We promise if you think that we look like bums, that's just the way we look. And <laughs> you are absolutely right. You are assessing the situation correctly. And also, we just aren't used to being on camera. So we'll we'll start uh, doing full blowouts for our hair and full faces of makeup. I don't even own makeup. But I'll <laughs> buy some for you guys. If, Otherwise, if, I, if we make money, that's when I'll start. <laughs> if you guys start sending us money in the mail, then... We'll attach our Venmos down below, and you can actually just send us some money. Straight up. Thanks. Like if a little you, tip. Like if you're a good person. So, um, <laughs> otherwise, enjoy this little sneak peek at our reaction to Pocahontas for next week, and have a good week, everyone. Bye. Bye. I'm just saying, girl, I know you don't like him, but, I mean, he just got back from war. He's not, like, boring. Was her name Grandmother Willow before she transformed in this way? John, you you lazy bum. John. Do they not have raccoons in England? The king is still above a lord, but okay. <laughs> How are they gonna explain the whole like language difference? Or they or is it gonna be a Disney movie? Oh. She did the Debbie Ryan. No, she didn't! <laughs> Yeah, now she understands English, John. He just straight up said the white men are dangerous. Spot on, my guy. I, I agree. Okay, great. I um, forgot to say in the intro, but I got a bunch of stickers from Redbubble. And I'm really excited about them. I just wanted to tell you. Can I show them to you really quickly? It will take 30 seconds, I promise. Okay, starting now. This is the chemical thing for... <laughs> you did not just have it ready. Peaky Blinders. This is a quote from Lord of the Rings. This is a quote from that Middle Ditch and Schwartz comedy special that I keep telling you to watch. This is another quote from the Middle Ditch and Schwartz comedy special I keep telling you to watch. This is a quote from um, the Vox Machina, the Critical World campaign that I watched. And uh, this is another quote from the Vox Machina campaign. The end. Okay. Jamin, what did you think about Truman Show? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs>